This is the Queer Soul Spotlight, a podcast where LGBTQ people share their stories to show that there are infinite ways to be queer. Today, I have a very special guest. I know I say that every week, but that is because they are all special, okay, people? Um, today, I have Joya Spangler. Um, Joya and I grew up doing shows together. I was basically her mini-me. Like, I would get the same roles as her the next time they did those shows. Um, and and we kind of ended up in, like, the same sorts of cool queer circles on opposite sides of the country, which, you know, foreshadowing. Uh, yeah. So, Joya, thank you for being here. Thank you so much for having me. And that's, I am glad that you phrased it that way, because that is how I uh, have always thought of you. And there have been certain things where, like, from social media from afar, I've been going through something, and then I've checked in on your and you're like, oh, same. And like, oh, so same, cool. Jenny and I are still on the same path, which yeah. uh, has made my heart very happy. Oh, it makes my heart very happy. My actual, my mini-me, um, Samar, do you, are you aware of the Yellens at all? Um, yeah. Jen, yeah, so Samara Yellen has been the next sort of generation of this, um, doing oh. all my little parts um Mm -hmm. and Samara Yellen is going to college um and like I don't like it um (laughs) that spoiler alert that is how I felt when you left for college I was like Jenny can't be in college because that means I'm old (laughs) I mean she's out of college like it's really horrifying and I'm very proud of her um but also I wish she wouldn't (laughs) you know (laughs) Um, and like her little brother, you know, Ollie, like her little mm-hmm. two to three year old brother. Um, yeah, he just did Tisha's summer intensive. He like, is this weird, Whoa. he's the perfect weird age between like still a child and very much an adult man. Um, he just played, uh, Anjora. They just did Lame is and like his oh. arms are ripped and I'm like, what? You shouldn't have muscles. No, 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 no. We don't let children do that, but I'm definitely interested to like, talk about you know your perception of our relationship over the years and and sort of how things have lined up really really weirdly similar um yeah (laughs) but before we do that before we do that because you know some people might not know who you are which is devastating for them up until this moment um (laughs) sort of (laughs) talk to me about um just you know these days how would you describe your queer identity your gender like where do you sort of fit in the community for people who sort of would need that context yeah um I typically I really like the umbrella term queer um I think it's not only is it like a word that has been reclaimed in terms of like uh it having been used in with bad connotation and taking it back as like a word for our community. Um, I also love that it is a connecting word. As much as I love that LGBTQIA+, like, as we continue, you know, the the alphabet mafia grows and grows, as they say. Um, But I like being able to just be like, I'm queer. I don't need a separate, like, uh, sometimes I feel like we get so hyper-specific that we alienate parts of the community. Mm -hmm. Um, And I, I just appreciate, especially in New York, that there have been more and more queer spaces opening up as opposed to being like, this is a gay space. This is uh, only a lesbian space. This is, you know, cause that leaves a lot of people going, I don't perfectly fit into that box. So I fit in nowhere. 
And um, there's so few yeah. queer spaces in the first place that we can't really exactly. afford to be exclusive because then it's like, oh, okay, so now I went from having two queer spaces to none queer spaces because y'all got exclusive of gatekeepy about it. Yeah, exactly. I am very anti-gatekeepy uh, in, in everything, but especially yeah. when it comes to community. Um, but to hyper-specify for myself, um, I identify these days as pansexual. Um, I probably, when I was younger, would have said bisexual, but I, as life has grown and changed, I really like to differentiate um, that a lot of people refer to like bisexual being attracted to every gender, whereas pansexual, I take it as like attracted to specific people, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. It's how I view the difference, not not everybody views it that way, but that's... No, but that's a cool way to define it. And, like, I know people that are, like, bisexual and pansexual are literally exactly the same thing. And then and yeah. it's cool how there's... That's also the beauty of, of all of these labels or whatever is that you can really decide what feels right for you and take it in whatever interpretation it is for you. Like, yeah. there's not black and white, like the number two is the number two. Like bisexual can only mean this one thing. Like it, who yeah. cares if it feels that's homey like the, for you. Great. <laughs> that's like the one thing that I am not about is when people really want to separate like bisexual means that you're transphobic because you're only saying no, there's two ew. genders. It's like, no, that's not. And that is not no. why I choose to identify as pansexual because I'm like, Oh, I think bisexual is transphobic. I don't. I think that is a, that's so much work uneducated way of viewing it yeah you've gone through a lot of circles to make make a something weird assumption yeah 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 yeah, yeah. but i just I, like I, are you I nice though a lot. i don't care yeah, yeah. <laughs> Ew. okay so um, pansexual we enjoy okay yes um and i identify as gender expansive or gender fluid um Hello. i'm okay with people saying non-binary but i feel like more and more especially when in mixed spaces of like queer and straight people, non-binary has very quickly become like the third gender. You're either boy, girl, or other. Halfway thing. in between. Yeah, halfway in between. Yeah, and it's like, I, uh, I know that this is a podcast, so you can't see me, but like <laughs> I know a lot, of, um, a lot of people would see me and read. I, uh, I was assigned female at birth. I oh, that's a lady. have pretty fat. <laughs> I have feminine features, and so a lot of people are like, well, why would you choose to identify as gender – choose to identify as gender fluid or yeah. um, or non-binary when, like – but you're you a girl, though, way. and you dress like a girl, though. You don't have the, like, ambiguous body and ambiguous clothing. It's like, well, no, because that's – That's a whole separate now thing, you're though. saying there's – right, and you're saying that that's what – non-binary has to look like and you're like well no the whole point of non-binary is to be past gender and some days I want to be wearing a suit and some days I'm in heels singing Andrew sister songs you know and the important part is you look hot regardless <laughs> no thank you like, I, t- I think no and so. that's true like people <laughs> say like you know oh women are pretty like men are handsome non-binary gender expansive gender creative people are just constantly hot and that's okay <laughs> um that's yes. all you need to know. I, but it also, like, that equates presentation and balance of masculinity and femininity as mm-hmm. your gender, which 
I'm sure people listening know that like there are cisgender female women who aren't really skirt or dress people. There's straight up dudes that are like very much into kilts or like a fun dress moment. That doesn't make them gay. That doesn't make them non-binary. Like that's, it's a whole separate thing. And so really getting to the point of your gender versus your sex based on physical features and presentation and sexual orientation are four completely separate things that sometimes line up in a fun Western binary way, and sometimes they <laughs> don't. And it's not because they're related. It's It was an accident. Yeah. They you know all I get targeted ads with you in suits? Yeah. They touch each other. <gasps> oh, that I get targeted so ads. Because, like, I was looking at, like, hmm, should I invest in, like, a little custom suit jacket moment? Because Allie and I are both entering our, like, vaguely mask era where we're just, like, yeah, we we look really cute. Like, we look really cute in dresses, but dresses just feel very, like, flouncy at the moment for both of us, Mm -hmm. which is not maybe the vibe. Um, And so we're doing a lot of, like, those little, like, black athletic shorts and then just, like, a unisex t-shirt or whatever. They have these. What I'm wearing? Yeah. (laughs) Uh, they have these badass, uh, they're on clearance now for everyone who needs to know, um, at Old Navy, they have like multiple colors of these like little like collar short sleeve button ups that are sort of linen-y and really light and boxy for summer. Um, we have it in three colors cause we're the same size so we can just like wear it. Um, I live in those and the fabric is thick enough that you don't need to wear a bra to avoid being a little nippy. Not that being nippy is bad, but you know. If, if that's something where you're like, I would love to just not wear a bra today, um, they will not be seen, which is cute. And that's like a cute little crappie length. Anyway, Old Navy sponsor. Are you sponsored? Yeah, I was going to say, you should be sponsored by Old Navy. That no, I, sp- I sponsor Old Navy. I give them all of my money. Um, <laughs> oh, my God. Um, yeah, remember when RuPaul was like weirdly in that Old Navy commercial that everyone saw for like a week? on all the YouTube videos. Yes. And they yes, were like, it was, was like, hey fam, let's slay for the summer. But like talking to nuclear white families. And I was like, I don't, yeah. category is summer eleganza. And it's like Bermuda shorts and a t-shirt <laughs> with the American flag the, on it. <laughs> yeah. The the commercialization and commodification of Ooh. queer language specifically like ball culture has is baffling to me but but it's so entertaining especially when like very obviously straight says people that don't understand it use it where they're like yes slay queen and you're like wow that you didn't even like say it right like yas slay queen (laughs) in like times new roman font like no Pussy girl, the house down boots, y'all. Oh yeah, like, it's, it's when they try to house down you know, boots. As many like, as oh, they no. can, as many as they can. And what can I string together to like sound very? And they're all very well intentioned, but like, don't do that. Yeah. Yes, queen. I love. I love a middle aged white lady. Yas. Yas, <laughs> and I'm like, oh, that meme is from like ten years ago, but okay. Yeah. I, yeah, you come you come across that quite a bit with like I feel like the a lot of the well-intentioned cis straight white ladies that I uh, come in contact with who are like 
10 years older in the theater industry have a lot of that where I'm like, oh, no, but thank you for trying. And, like, again, such good intentions. And, like, they find out her and they're like, yas, queen. And you're like, no. Yeah. Or I will say specifically uh, in theater, I have felt like it breaks a lot. And, like, I'm – I wonder if you've experienced this too, because we've had similar trajectories. I mean, I've played similar roles. Um, there is the, you know, the famous in theater joke of queer people is like, gay boys are on stage and all the lesbians or gay femme people or female people are building the sets. And like, both of us have like played princesses, played like, you know, the I wish I've played a princess. <laughs> I'm too much of an alto for that shit. Um, oh no, mattress. I was in Once Upon a Mattress when I was was like like, 10. I know I saw you as, uh, oh my god, yeah. What's your name? Fred. Her name is Fred, though. I love love. that. Was back, that Um, was back when, uh, when Ryan and I were still pretending we liked each other and we both ended up very, 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 very gay. It was very sweet. We tried very hard. I mean, that's very similar to, I, I don't know if Joey Dipple would see Ryan as like younger him, but. Joey Dipple and I went through a whole thing too. Oh, yeah. Like, are we are we meant what destined are we? to like be together? No, we were just oh two gay best friends who were just like, but you're it's not that, scary. It's, <laughs> well, that's why you're not scary. It feels safe. Like the, the queer people find each other when they're trying to like put themselves in straight relationships because. Yeah. You're like, you know, who can I take to prom that isn't going to try to sleep with me at the after prom party? Who can I, you know, like, who's not going to try and push something that I feel uncomfortable with? And that goes both ways. I mean, that's not just, like, queer ladies trying to figure that out. Like, that's such an expectation for the boys, too, where, like, then you go have sex. And it's like, okay, well, I took Trent and Andrew Lucero. Like, I was like, what, what, what feels safe here? Come on, come on. Yeah. Um, I very vividly remember my senior prom. Um, the last dance was a slow dance, which I'm like, why would you do that? Um, it was the, <laughs> I have died every day waiting for you. Like the a thousand years oh, twilight song yeah. or whatever. And like everyone was like slow dancing and making out. And then the entire midi, like, theater group that like we just pair off and the girls basically just like rotate what boys we bring and then we all go together like we were all doing really intense like on the ground interpretive dances like acting out the words and we kept like running into couples by accident who would glare at us and I was like this was the only fun part of prom besides the photo booth like I it was it was really fun. Um, and just finding those people, even though a lot of us weren't even out at the time, like, yeah, you still like, you know, even if you don't know what it is, like you feel safe. And again, like Joey's not going to try anything with you. It's Joey. Like, yeah, you're not right. <laughs> That's so safe. Like I can, I can, Joey and I convinced hundreds of CMT performers that we were related, even though we had different last names, <laughs> like, you know, we have fun. Yeah. So how was yeah, that when a- you, oh, go ahead. Sorry. No, no, no. You go. Like going through like CMT as well. Like when you were little and also like both being altos and both being like maybe not the most overtly feminine, but still feminine people. Like we are the eponemes. We are the like alto best friend, funny person. Um, mm-hmm. 
how did you play a lot of boys too I by the time I was 13 I had played more boys than girls and I loved it that so this is I didn't get to do that and I remember especially like I would pinpoint guys and dolls in particular I played more like prostitutes call girls dance girls before I was 13 and I just remember, especially like we did Guys and Dolls and I was Adelaide and I was looking at Stephanie Roca get to put on a suit and like be, I think she was Nicely Nicely Johnson. And I was like, I want to be in a suit. I want to be doing that. I don't want to be doing cutesy, take my clothes off. Like who, why? This sucks. Even though it's, it's a great role ever, like. But like it, it, but it was different. And also you were like 12 and, and it's the sort of thing where like, we are the quote unquote girls who don't, we're, we're not going to be the Sarah Brown. We're not going to yeah. be the mom either. Like, I mean, not that like, there's a mom in guys and dolls, but I mean like in general, like there's right. the we girls look- that play the princesses and there's the girls that play the moms who are tall mm-hmm. and or plus size because plus size people apparently can't play anything else, um, which is very dumb. And then there's like sassy sexy prostitute friends and we're like okay like I was always so thrilled when I got to play a boy because I was gonna wear comfortable shoes and a comfortable costume and I was just like and I didn't have to like adjust my body language yeah and I think that's why getting to play like looking at like my formative years in theater getting to play Joe March and Ebony were both so important to me because Mm -hmm. They are both roles where you get to sing, write songs. You get to be a, a great role and not have to pretend to like, oh, awkwardly sing a boy's song in the wrong key or whatever. Oh, but yeah. The, the, the rising stars nice octave jump. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. Um, we love that. But getting to no, like I- wear pants, wear flat shoes, like was so important to me. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah, and it's and, it's and not I having to censor your that. body language. Yeah, and, and like yeah. I mean, I played Joe March too, where it was like the transformation of like her trying to be very feminine and then failing and then leaning into it. Also, Joe March is incredibly gay. I don't support the Joe Professor Bear okay. subplot. That's stupid. No, no. Um, honestly, fully, Lori's kind of gay too. So like, I really think they should have just ended up together and then like not kissed. Um, you know, and just like. <laughs> be mutual well, beards or whatever yeah I do appreciate the the film out ad- of the newer film adaptation oh my um, god I was like this is it this which, is you yes, get it you very get it. pointedly and it's it's one of the reasons that Joe and Lori in that film adaptation keep switching clothes because both of them are clearly confused um yeah and like on a queer journey yeah and it's the, it's the complicated thing that a lot of, you know, queer youth have experienced or like you do feel really special connections with people and you think it's a romantic sexual thing. And it's actually just that you're both closeted and you feel a sense of camaraderie and you're like, why don't I want to have sex with you? Even though we're like, obviously very in love and like, we're the only ones experiencing these things. And it's like, no, you're just both gay. Just be friends. Yeah. You're just both experiencing being queer. (laughs) Yeah. Oh my gosh. And like, when did you, when did you first come out? Like after high school, right? Well, so what a fun question. Um, I I really like there's tears of it, right? Like as you discover more. 
so I, uh, I came out to my mother and my sister when I was, I think, 12. I was either, wow. I was in eighth grade. So I came out to them and they both said, I don't tell anybody this. I don't think that's true. Basically it's like, they were like, no, that's mm, no, you don't know what you're talking about. And, and so you're that so young was, and how can you? Yeah, yeah. So I was, I knew this about myself, but very much felt, uh, pushed into different situations. And then I have some complex, uh, family sexual trauma that we like don't need to go into, but oh my God, fun. Okay. yeah, like that, that definitely pushed a narrative of like, if you have a boyfriend that will protect you from uh, bad things happening to you mm-hmm. was, is kind of a, and that's also just and, what is done. Yeah. You, you go to um, high school and you get a boyfriend. That's the rules. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I, so like, even I dated the same boy for most of uh, high school, but every summer I would go away to theater camp where I could, where basically all the, all the queer kids could be fully queer. And like, we would go through a tumultuous breakup every summer. Cause I'd be like, I'm in love with my roommate. She's the most beautiful person <laughs> in the world. And we're, I'm, and so it was a whole, and then I'd come back in the fall and be like, I don't know. That was crazy. It's just a I summer guess not. Rowan romance. The crazy things happen yeah. when you sing duets together. Like, yeah. what are you going to do? Um, yes. Uh, but so it, what happened mostly in high school was that like I was mostly I, in the closet or very quiet about it. And then as as it happens when you're a uh, in theater, slowly one by one, each boy who was discovering their queerness would come, you know have some tearful moment of like, "Hey, I'm gay," and that I would always take that as an opportunity to be like, "Me too, it's fine," you know. And <laughs> so like awesome. I like quiet. Yeah, I like quietly came out like to individual people throughout all of high school. Like in support of um, them. Yeah, but it was always like, this is your moment, but just know, same, me too, we're good. Everything makes sense. Um, Yeah. And then then when I went away to college, I very much made the choice of showing up and immediately being like, hey, I'm queer. This is me. This is my personality. Um, yes, this is my personality. But even even then, I went to school in Ohio in a musical theater program that was like, we've never seen a queer girl who's not on stage crew. Yeah. We don't know what to do with you. You have long hair and you sing. Who are you even going to play? Like, there's, what, yeah. who, what so do we do with you? Yeah, that was like, so I was very... It's very much out, but there wasn't really a, I, te- I ended up dating a lot of men because it was like, that's, that's what was there. Would reciprocate. Yeah. That's, that's what was there. I like, I would go to like the one gay bar in, um, in Ohio because my school's right, right outside of uh, Columbus, Ohio. And like, I, it was the first time I experienced gatekeeping of like, I showed up at this bar with some gay male friends and I was so excited oh. and like trying really hard to talk to this, this like soft butch uh, girl who I was like, I was trying really hard and I was so awkward because 
I am. Uh, that's who I am. <laughs> and like, she immediately like bit back at me and like was like, get out of here, Taurus. Like, this isn't for your entertainment. And it was really hard to be like, no, like I, I just look feminine and I have gay male friends but because like, I'm, think, I'm not a random college bitch who's trying to like experiment yeah. for fun. Yeah. And I think a lot of, especially, um, you know, like, uh, in Ohio, especially and in smaller cities, the, the experience is that of like, Oh, if people are coming in who we don't recognize and we haven't like given the gold star to, we want none of it. Like it, cause, and I yeah. understand a lot of it is a safety thing. You want to protect yourself from, from being used in that way because there are people who do that. Um, but it was, that was the first experience I had with like, Oh wait, I thought I belonged here. Do I not belong here? Do I not belong anywhere? Where is this weird in between yeah. space that I fill in? Like, did um, I not wear enough flannel to this event? Like, really? <laughs> Did I like, cut my hair off? <laughs> It did take me like a while to feel, and I, I don't know if I ever really found it in college and it wasn't until I got to New York that like, I felt like I could walk into queer space, uh, specifically like lesbian dominated spaces and be like, nobody is like at the door checking to make sure you're wearing Doc Martens and a, a ring of keys. Like you're okay. Show up as you. And that's cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then yeah. once once you realize that, it's like, oh, fuck, the world is awesome. You know? <laughs> At least those corners. <laughs> yes, yes. The, like, like yeah. this magical world, it, like, it does feel like you learned of, like, a whole hidden city that is where everything actually um, – I, and I don't know if this is uh, applicable to – all queer people, but like I definitely felt like I was going through worlds, trying to code switch into in a language, like speak in a different dialect, and be like, I know that this is how we're supposed to be, and I got really good at mimicking what an ingenue, you know, like yeah, yeah, what a, a well, you're you're doing character studies on various yeah types of young sexuality yeah yeah how do I act yeah. what, are, what what body language what register is my voice in like how do I dress to be convincingly this how do I you know and then pushing away from all of that because you come out and then you're like I need to invest in corduroy pants and windbreakers <laughs> and like that's not authentic to you either but like right you want people to believe you so badly so and badly, then yeah what I've and I talk about this a lot on on several different episodes what I'm seeing in people my age queer people my age that I know going through this sort of secondary coming out where they get to mm-hmm. not only do shit on their own terms and whatever, but, and present on their own terms and still feel validated, but also revisit the things they were pushing away from so hard. Like people that, you know, um, uh, trans men who are revisiting femininity in a queer way now, instead of being like, I can't do that. Cause I need to prove to everyone that I'm a dude. Like, no, yeah. like whatever. And, and so getting to sort of circle back around to the things that you were, uh, 
trapped by and Mm -hmm. there's a difference about being like let's take femininity there's a very big difference uh, between being hyper feminine in a straight way and being hyper feminine in a queer way regardless of your gender um and and so getting to sort of reclaim styles and and words and labels that maybe you were trying to get as far away from as humanly possible that you can actually go back to them in a healed place and reincorporate them in a healthy way which I like absolutely also the gender crisis we all had during the pandemic (laughs) like everyone I chicken with everyone now I'm like okay so are you non-binary now or because the answer is almost always yes at this point like everyone right but because you got to be away from people and being perceived mm-hmm. and then you kind of go just you yeah like who am I on the inside and you're like oh oh and then like you have nothing better to do because you're stuck at home so you like learn things and you're yeah. like oh the binary oh no I don't I'm not participating in that yeah you know Kat uh Grif- Griffin uh, is a fantastic New York photographer. Um, they go by at the non is the or not at non binary eye. They're a phenomenal photographer who did a series of portraits of basically documenting uh, people's uh, oh, gender transitions or gender discoveries during the yeah. pandemic. Um, and I, I think it like visually captures exactly what you're talking about of so many people just realizing like, Oh, when I'm by myself, what do I actually feel? Cause you had to sit with yourself and you couldn't check in with everyone every five seconds to be like, am I doing it right? Am I, am I personally? Yeah, or correctly? am I, or am I doing it in a way that is pleasing to other people in the roles that I am to them? Yes. Also just yeah. who am people I when pleasers. I'm not anything? Yeah. People pleasers struggled. I think at the beginning of the pandemic and have maybe grown the most as people by the end of the pandemic. Yeah. Yeah. Or not even grown, but just discovered and be like, who am I when I am not who I am to other people? Yeah. Who am I to myself is like you realizing that that's actually the most important thing is game changing. At least. Yeah. And it's so simple, but, and, and so straightforward and easy to understand, but you need to be in a certain place to be able to receive that. Like, I think a yeah. lot of people are like, oh, uh, you know, if I could go back and talk to my 10 year old self and just be like, you're a homosexual, like it would be different. And I'm like, no, because first of all, you'd be like, how did you time travel? How do I get in on that? <laughs> and, and you would have so many questions and you wouldn't believe it because you're not in a place to receive yeah, that. You, and you still have all of your hangups and fears and issues that you had at that age with the concept, you know, you do um, the work to get to somewhere where you can go. Oh yeah. That's really obvious and simple. My yeah. bad. Maybe just like be yeah. who you are and be nice. Right. Like looking back, it's like, yeah, of course I dressed up as Peter Pan for three Halloweens in a row. I was just like a little boy. I can be a little boy today. <laughs> Surprise. <laughs> Oops. Yeah. <laughs> That's really real. Yeah. yeah. So, so we sort of touched on this, like you're in New York doing theatery things. Um, mm-hmm. Can you like talk about that a little bit? Sort of what spaces you're occupying in the theater world? Like, what are you trying to do with your time and your career and, and 
yeah, I don't know. What do you, what, what are you doing? What do you do? <laughs> um, I do a lot of different things and I think it is important, uh, in this day and age that anybody who is in the creative arts is doing a lot of different things and doesn't in the same way that I don't think you should be like, I am stuck in this box in the community, etc. Like, I, I think that people shouldn't feel like I am stuck in this box in the industry and I have to wait for somebody to do this or that because I am a, a singer or I am just a dancer. Like, everybody should be exploring a lot of different things. That being said, like, I, the, as a performer, I'm primarily working on new works, um, specifically with a lot of queer writers, um, just because that's what I want to do. Those are the roles I want. I'm, I'm not really like motivated or excited to go audition for every regional theater's um, Rock of Ages because I don't, it doesn't bring me joy and doesn't resonate with me to like strip on stage for people. That's not a show, yeah. you know. And, and also then they shows. wouldn't, and they wouldn't cast you because you wouldn't, right. they it's, wouldn't there are feel people any who sort do of that. connection better yeah there are people who do that better and don't waste your time doing shit you're not even good someone has to and do it really well with passion and then don't waste your time trying to yeah so don't waste your time trying to audition for every you know Oklahoma in Oklahoma when right it's you're not even gonna get cast anyway because that's not your gig yeah and like, uh, so I am really proud of a lot of the the queer writers that um, I've been working with for the last 10 years and have built relationships mm-hmm. with who have um, created a lot of spaces and a lot of jobs for other queer artists to really be themselves rather than being like, I'm queer that I, I get to like put pen in a box when I show up to a theater. And instead they get to yeah. be like, oh, this is me all the time. Um, but I also now direct uh, and teach. So right now, um, I, I teach all different ages, but I'm really focused on um, teaching queer kids in theater and neurodivergent kids in theater because I, I, it's where I think a lot of anybody who's queer and does theater, it's like you come to theater because you're like, okay, this seems like a space where like being different or having a unique perspective uh, is a good thing and can be explored and figured out. Um, and I think there are, you have that as a kid showing up and there are some places like the better you get quote unquote at theater, the more that's lost and it becomes more of like, no, hit your mark, be a machine, have what you think doesn't matter. On Broadway. Um, yeah. Yeah. And that is, uh, having done those types of things, I realized like the joy I felt towards theater and like the reason I I stopped like loving theater as a art form because I was just seeing it as like, oh, this is the industry I'm in and the job I have. And coming back to teaching, especially teaching queer kids, um, reminded me like, oh no, this is the space where like I can introduce myself and my pronouns and they'll hear that I use they, them, and she, her, and realize immediately I'm safe. I can be myself, or I can ask to be called a different name, and that is okay. And, like, it's not going to yeah. be, you know, it's just a place where you can be whoever you want to be, truly. Um, yeah. And, and, and also, that's a space where you can make an, a real actual impact. 
Yeah, yeah. And it, it also, like, connects me back to, like, why I care about theater and performing. Um, and then also I am uh, directing professionally as well and, like, working on, striving to work on particularly um, queer shows as well. So, like, I, upcoming-wise, have, like, Trixie and Katya Live um, at Radio City Music Hall. I'm ADing on that and, like, just trying to reach out to all queer spaces and be like, let me, let me in. I'm excited to be here kind of thing. Yeah. Um, I'm going to tell Allie that she's going to lose her mind. Um, <laughs> we watch so much. Uh, um, we, we went to DragCon in 2019 um, in LA and mm-hmm. we had like the extra magic hour like beforehand. And we spent the extra magic hour sitting outside of the conference room that would eventually be the on panel um, for three mm-hmm. hours. And then we were in the second row on the aisle and we were like, oh! um, so the fact that you're just like going to casually be with the Bryans um, <laughs> blows on my mind. That's crazy. And it's also the thing of like, everyone is just people. Yeah. You know, and yeah. drag queens especially are hard to think of as like just two dudes named Brian because they're also even if you meet them in person they're so big and like tall and fabulous and you're like that's I don't even know that's that's a fantasy spirit but like it's (laughs) one thing that's very cool about the theater is you get access to quote-unquote famous people and when it comes down to rehearsing or working with them or even just seeing them in shows like you're like, ah, yes, a peer, like a colleague, mm-hmm. it just, <laughs> which is so well, funny. And, like, And the industry itself is not exactly linear in the sense of like, you know, uh, you work your way up to somebody. The- yeah. But it's like, I could cast you in something this year and two years in two years, you could be directing me in a show. Like it's always the power dynamics are very fluid when everybody is trying on every hat. And that's, yeah. I think, a very exciting thing. Absolutely. And and getting to see where your strengths lie and, and you know, like, just because you're a really good director doesn't mean you're a really good director across the board. Maybe you're a really good director mm-hmm. when it comes to specifically queer shows and being able to facilitate staging and and also just a rehearsal space that feels safe to those people, but hand you, like, a pinter play and you're going to be like, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, can I leave? Yeah. yeah. Which I is my general vibe about I... Pinter plays. <laughs> can I leave? Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. <laughs> and some people are meant to direct and be in Pinter plays and like, and they should. And that's great and yeah. fabulous. And that's the whole point, I think, is like everyone can find their little niche on their own terms and, and, no one really feels like authority. Like really, I was so scared of auditions for a really long time because I felt like they were, the people I was auditioning for were like in charge of my future. And like Mm. when I figured out, thankfully right before college auditions, which made a big difference, that they're just people. And if I don't like the way that they're being in the audition, I can also not hire them. And in the end, like, they're the ones that have a problem, which is they don't have actors. So (laughs) really, I'm the one in charge here. 
Um, so, you know, it, it, it's realizing the real power dynamics and, and going, okay, I actually have a lot more agency than I thought I had in able, being able yeah. to like find my own space. Exactly. Outside of theater things, um, not that there's much time outside of theater things. Um, what's something, what, what do you, what's your life like? What, what do you do that like just brings you joy and, and serotonin and happiness? Yes. Um, I love roller skating, quad skating. Um, quad skating, and I okay. Actually, uh, a lot of my queer community in New York is involved in the roller derby scene in New York. That's, I that's pretty gay, gay, yeah. Roller yeah, derby is... A, very gay. Um, I see it. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> um, so that brings me a lot of joy. Of And it's also something that I'm glad I'm not um, fully in. Like, I am... My friends are all in it, um, and I skate casually and, like, really enjoy that, but I also purposely am happy to stay as an observer rather than a participant where it then does become, like, oh, another thing to be, like, super competitive about or, like, feel like yeah. I'm not doing right, and, like, it's, uh, it brings me a lot of joy to get to see them thrive and, like, spend spend time with that group yeah. of friends is great and and it's also I mean this has been a through line through several episodes of just like having something that you keep as something that you're not perfect at that you're not trying to master you're just enjoying yeah. it um because then it's restful um yeah literally the episode before yours I talked to my friend Jessica and she was saying like she's never really gotten into painting because she's not very good at it and there was no point in getting into it if she wasn't going to be good at it um Mm. because if you're if you're not going to be the best at something like why would you do it um and she's found that painting for her in recent years it is restful because she knows she's gonna be bad at it and she can just focus (laughs) at like on the process and the sensory experience as opposed to like Mm well, this flower looks like shit. So throw it away. I'm bad at painting. And like everyone needs something like that because rest is necessary. And if it's something that you're trying to perfect and work at, it is no longer restful. Yeah. You know? So I love that you have that. That's what a cool form of like self-care, self-love that is also super fun. And also you can wear cute outfits too. And also is exercise. (laughs) yeah it's like it gets, yeah <laughs> it gets your like it really engages every part of you and you get to feel really I never learned to ride a bike so I never had that like childhood experience of like oh I'm like feeling the wind in my hair and free you so, not know how to ride uh, a bike I, I don't ladies and gentlemen and other friends I, I don't huh. <laughs> That was, I'm the youngest of four, and uh, my mother left it to my siblings to teach me to ride a bike, and they all were busy. <laughs> so, oh my gosh. I have, Wait. I have got, I have been on a bike now. One day, my nephew got me on a bike, and he was very embarrassed that I was not good at it. But so I technically have, like, ridden a bike, sort of, but I don't know how any of the gears work or any of that. Okay. I mean, we got bikes at the beginning of the pandemic and I hadn't ridden a bike in like 15 years. So I had to relearn 
they're always like, yeah, it's like riding a bike. You just do it. And I'm like, that's <laughs> nuts. All, the, all of the bruises on my legs and the number of times I fell over, like, no, not, not so. Um, yeah. Who am I missing? I, you're, I only know two of your siblings. Who am I missing? Oh, um, my, so I have my oldest brother, Jake, who didn't do CFT. That's who I'm missing. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then Nick and Star and then myself. Yeah, we people, do love I, <laughs> legally named Star Spangler. We enjoy that very much. Yes, nominal determination. She fits her name and she is wonderful and she's very sparkly. Star. Yes. I uh-huh. my nickname for her at a certain point in our childhood was Sparkle Butt, and she begrudgingly likes it now, but did not care for it when we were children. No. No. <laughs> but I think that's your job as as a younger sibling to like pick a very painfully annoying thing and be like, but I love you. Oh, sparkle butt. Exactly. And then they're like, oh my God, join yeah. a song. Can't relate. I'm an only child. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but CMT at times, it felt like you had yeah. uh, an extension of siblings that. For sure. Really I mean, Joey and I are related. Time. Joey and I are related. Yeah, exactly. Even though You're we not don't only. Have... <laughs> the same last Oh name. my gosh. Yeah. Um, if you could give, before we do rapid fire, um, what's something yeah. that, you know, even though we talked about it, maybe you wouldn't have been in a place to accept the message from time traveler for future you. Um, <laughs> yeah. But maybe to, you know, people who are listening now who are earlier in their self-love, self-discovery, queer, magical journeys. Um, mm-hmm. What's something that you had wish you'd known or that you've learned recently that you're like, oh, it's this. Yeah, um, I would say that kind of what we've been talking about throughout this episode, um, really putting yourself first in terms of like, how do I identify, how do I feel about these things versus showing up to spaces and trying to be what other people feel like queer is or what other people like feeling like you have to be queer enough or have to be X enough to get to use that um, word. Think about it for yourself and like what, I mean, like even with like being, um, like using they, them pronouns, I never made a big statement one day that was like, I am this and that. And like, and I, some people are great with that. And I love that for them. And like, and sometimes that is a good thing to do to also let people know there is a change happening. And if you want to announce a change, announce a change. But if it's something that you're like, I'm scared of, you know, I think there's a lot when you identify as something, it can feel like a point of no return. You're like, if I say this out loud to everyone, that makes it real. And that makes it, not only does it make it real, but it also is something you can't take back is what people feel. Yeah. Oh, yeah. First I mean, of all, you... <laughs> my first point is that everything is fluid. Everything can change. I implore everyone to explore all facets of their gender and their identity. And it doesn't mean like come out every other day as something else, but like have that conversation with yourself first and walk around with thinking about, am I, how do I feel when someone refers to me as a lady? How do I feel when somebody refers to me as X, Y, or Z? Because um, I think if you, if you are 
scared to say it out loud don't feel like it has to be a black and white transition and it can be yeah. a I mean I slow rolled coming out <laughs> well it can be a entire high school a, college you a know slow release a slow like a like yeah. when when you a do soft like release, a, yeah. a soft release that's what I'm thinking of yeah, yeah. where you're just like <laughs> hey two best friends can we like trial run they them pronouns for me and then like see how it feels like you don't exactly. need to announce it to everyone and then go Huh, yikes, that was not I don't good. like that, yeah. Um, JK, everyone, not actually. Yeah. Like, you don't have to, you know, uh, I love a I am humbled and thrilled to announce moment, but like, yeah. it doesn't, that's not a requirement. And that doesn't have all. to be step one. Like, it probably shouldn't no. be step one. No, like, like you, should, you know, talk to the, the audition, see who, yeah. And like, and on on the reverse, I think a lot of us in the queer community have had the honor to be that person for someone else of like somebody coming to you and asking to use different pronouns, but like maybe not talk about it with people, but when we're together, I want to use that. Or you've, as I'm sure you did as well, like we're somebody's first person they told that they're queer to, you know? And yeah. I think always remembering um I think that's uh, such a big part of every, like both people's journey. You're both affected by that. And remembering that is such an honor to be, to have that personal moment and to really give that energy back in terms of being like, this was a big thing for you to talk about. I am fully showing up for you in this moment. And like, if you yeah. want it, no like, what am I trying to say? No, like, but that's the whole thing. It's like you, they're they're coming yeah. to you instead of telling everyone because they feel very confident that it is going to be a supportive queer space when it's just the two of you. And yeah, and so fully and that's going where you absolutely show up what you need because it's so scary to just tell the public all at once when you haven't yeah. had a few test runs of like one or two people being like, okay, whatever, like cool, yeah. You, you want to build up your own confidence in saying it too because you start to say it louder and louder and louder until it's, you're just very comfortable saying it whenever, yeah. you know? And but you need the practice and the ramp up. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. so, like, I just that's, – that's my advice I or encouragement. Great. Let's do some rapid fire. Um, okay. No, you did great. That was A plus encouragement. <laughs> um, I feel encouraged. Uh, great. What Good. is – <laughs> what's your favorite podcast at the moment aside from this one duh, duh. what do you listen to um i i love love it or leave it um okay. which is a podcast on the crooked media uh podcast universe john lovett hosts he was a former uh speech writer for obama he is ronan farrow's uh fiance he's very funny very smart and his shows are it's a very gay way to wrap up the week of news how fun yeah. Huh. News is so straight. Right. And that's why I, I think that's why I like love that podcast. Cause I can't handle straight people news. I, I, I can't. Yeah. And like having someone care. talk about public policy, uh, but relate it to like Leah Michelle taking over as funny girl. <gasps> that's relatable. <laughs> I literally, um, uh, a younger CMT kid posted to his story the other day um, the picture of her arriving at 
the um, theater and being like, poor thing. Like I've been reading her her lines for weeks. She doesn't even realize that she's under the funny girl sign. She thinks they're at a Wendy's because that's what they told her the sign said. Like the entire <laughs> Leah Michelle can't read um, conspiracy theory. A- I'm really invested. Like at the Tonys <laughs> this year, like she went up with, um, what's his face? And uh, he was looking right at the prompter and like reading the lines. And she was like, looking like her eyes were darting she never looked directly at the prompter and I was like it's because she can't read it she just memorized it good for her um Leah Michelle be on my podcast I have questions for you although I don't know if you'll be able to read them when I send them to you ahead of time um (laughs) what is your favorite comfort food right now ramen I love ramen any particular flavor packet um, I will take ramen in all shapes and forms, like the 99 cent packets. I love, I love going to a Japanese restaurant and ordering ramen. I recently just moved, but, uh, prior to my move, I was living between a pho restaurant and a ramen restaurant and it was the greatest. That's dangerous for life. your wallet. <laughs> it, it was, but it was so good for my soul. Cause anytime oh. I was having a bad day, I was like, I can have ramen within 10 minutes. <laughs> Just go downstairs. Um, yeah. What is your biggest pet peeve? Ooh. Hmm. I should have thought about this. My biggest pet peeve, I think, is um, people. Is, is assuming. People. <laughs> it's, it's people. No, um, I think it is like feeling like. Uh, holding holding on really tight to the idea that you're right about something um because though I think you should like stand up for what you believe in or even if it's like I know that you assigned this project or I know that this is the choreography I think in general in the world if we all were a little more flexible about being like yes I understand that but maybe I'm missing something or maybe that's what it was but it has to change in the same, like just being not even a little bit open to additional information that might change your stance. Yeah. Like no one has all the answers and you should never stop taking in new information. Yeah. Like, and that doesn't mean that, you know, you can't have a really intense, like passionate belief about something and also leave room for, discoveries to be made that may change your opinion completely or if anything reinforce that you do actually believe that like you know why are you so scared of being wrong like you might actually find out that you're more right than you thought yeah exactly is like so just to always to always be open to new information about a a a topic a conversation a person even too because sometimes I think we meet people and we're like, I know who you are. I know what you believe. The end. And like every time you come back to seeing that person or interacting with that person, they've been living life while you've been separated. <laughs> You're different. They're different. So like meet who they are now and not who they were five days ago, five years ago. Kind Absolutely. Of um, what's your favorite thing about yourself right now? This can be like a very quote unquote vain physical thing that is not vain because that is stupid. You are allowed to like yourself. It can be a very inside theoretical thing. I don't give a shit. What do you like about you? Um, I recently just got my first tattoo and it was like a big choice to make. I had a, a very dear friend pass away. And so I got um, a tattoo that we had talked about getting together to um, honor them. 
And I it makes me so happy every time I like catch it in the mirror or someone asks about it. It is like, yeah. um, it's my what is that? favorite thing about my, oh, it's of a phoenix. Mm-hmm. Um, I can see it right Oh, there. pretty. Um, yeah, it's, it was a, uh, it was a, a big symbol of like, uh, he was my mentor. And when I took over kind of teaching and took a step up in the, in the theater and improv world that we were in and he kind of passed the reins to me and was like, you can do this. Like, you don't need me to lift you up or take care of you. You know, you have this, um, was That's like beautiful. We the cycle of, of each other. And, and what a fun way to, to literally tell part of your story visually on your flesh prison. That's why I yeah. like tattoos, but also I'm totally down for tattoos that mean nothing. <laughs> you just like, oh, I don't know. I like it. <laughs> I had a friend who had an asterisk on their hip and then on their foot had another asterisk that said hip and it was a literal footnote. I think that's very silly and very delightful. But that's great. My friend Logan, um, who was actually the guest of honor on the very first episode of this podcast, um, my favorite tattoo that they have, um, they have an L on their elbow. L for L. It's, I'm like, oh, L for Logan. And he was like, no, L for elbow. L for elbow. Yeah. Idiot. Um, <laughs> I also know um, um, there, I know trans people who like will get like, instead of getting bottom surgery or like maybe they're going to get it down the line, whatever. They just like have a little tiny, like circle, circle, hot dog, like, <laughs> dick tattoo um yeah I'm like wow cheapest bottom surgery of all time you were awake the whole time too nice um <laughs> which is which is a fun I love that I like things that are like meaningful and like are funny but like they don't always have to be like and here's my TED talk about why life is so short like you need both yeah. yes, you need both I agree Amazing. That's so fun. Um, where can people find you and like all the things that you're working on? How can people support you and the art that you're making? Yes. Um, so I can be found on Twitter and Instagram and, uh, yeah, TikTok uh, at, at joy love. I will. Do you like that? I, I, my TikTok has nothing on it yet. Cool. I wasn't sure if, I'm old. That was the name um, of Yeah, no, I was like, that was a very millennial <laughs> way to be like, TikTok, TikTok, I don't know what it's called. Am I? But I will say, I am, my personal relationship with social media has like adjusted a lot in the same past year. So I, you are welcome to follow me. You don't have to. It doesn't affect me. I don't post much. No, but like, but if Yes, if you want to um, support some things that I would love to just like plug are um, Gotham Gotham Girls, which is the New York City Roller Derby um, League, is back up and running. They've uh, they are ramping back up post COVID, and it is a really really special organization that really connects a lot of um, queer people in New York City that found their chosen family and. Um, friends through that and it is an organization that really just needs uh, support still so I'm now that they're back open anybody in NYC show up to a game they're phenomenal every player is 
the most magical, strong badass you've ever met. Um, Thighs for days. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You'll get lovely views of some very, uh, very athletic butts, you know? So if that's your thing. (laughs) Um, And if it's not your thing, what is wrong with you? (laughs) It will be your Um, thing. Just go. Also, the um, the Stay Gold Fund is a, a dear friend of mine, uh, Chablis McSabith, is uh, started a fund for um, trans and non-binary surgeries that uh, people were having trouble covering in New York City. So it's partnered with Stonewall Inn um, to raise money to help people cover the cost of surgery. That is amazing. So, yeah, those are everyone. Those give your money. Plug- my things, but but give your money to clear things. That's that's all I want you to do. <laughs> Moral of the story. Um, yeah, that's awesome. Thank you. I will put those all of those things that you've mentioned. Um, I will put them in the show notes so people can get involved if they want to check it out. Um, whether or not you're in New York, you can still you know support and be part of that. Um, yes, absolutely. Yeah. Thank you for being here. It's so nice to see you again. Um, it's so good to see you. I know it's been it's been fun reconnecting with um, CMT people of of your sort of group generation, um, yeah. like when Matt Hill was here for um, you're in town. Like we hung out at my apartment complex's pool. Like I never really <laughs> got to know Matt in high school, and now I'm like, oh, we're the same. We're the same yeah, person. That is awesome. <laughs> anyway, um, you're you're awesome, and it was so nice to talk to you and have you share your insights and and your story. So thank you, and uh, yeah, say bye to everyone. I'll be back next week. Bye. Bye.